Okay, so fuck, Mary, kill, Amanda, Mark, and John. Did I make it too easy? Okay, first of all, obviously kill Mark. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. Mary John, fuck Amanda. Yeah, that's exactly what I, I made that too easy. I'm sorry. There was one correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go with Saul 1. Okay. Fuck, Mary, kill, Dr. Lawrence Gordon, Adam Stan Height, whatever his hyphenated last name is, and Zepp Hindle. All right. I'm sorry, Zepp, but you're McFucking dead. Your time is up. Marry Dr. Gordon, because he's got that doctor money, and mm-hmm. like, listen, I have bills to pay. And fuck <laughs> Adam. He's cute. Honestly, I'm the reverse. I think <gasps> fuck Dr. Gordon and marry Adam. Adam is more my type. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I like that he's kind of a loser. I get that. Also, he's a creative. Yeah. Has a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I literally only said marry Dr. Gordon because of the, the doctor money. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. Saw 2. Mm-hmm. Fuck, Mary kill. Xavier <laughs> from Ew. the Nerf Gas House. Uh-huh. Abby and Jonas. <sighs> kill Abby. Mary Jonas, fuck Xavier. Honestly, he was able to like throw Amanda in that pit so he can like throw me around, you know? Exactly. I don't know. It wouldn't be the first time I slept with someone I didn't really like, so. <laughs> <laughs> Keep saying that. <laughs> Zep. And welcome to We See Saw, a Saw rewatch podcast where we see Saw. I'm Claudia. And I'm Nicole. And today we are talking about Jigsaw 2017, directed by Michael and Peter Spierig and written by Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Uh, <laughs> Nicole, what do you think of Jigsaw? I really liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. It was better than I feared. Yes. And especially after the last movie, which was so bad. This one I really liked. Yeah. Like, is this my favorite Saw movie? God, no. But yeah. it's, it's pretty good. I thought that this was like a good return of the franchise. Yeah. A good reboot, I guess. Because like, can you call this a reboot? I don't really think so. It's it's a soft reboot. Yeah. Because it's more than a sequel. It's the Scream 2022 thing of the requel. Yeah. But I really liked it. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. It felt more like a Saw movie than the last couple have, I think. Yeah. I think the first, like, ten minutes of this movie do not feel like a Saw movie, but the rest feels a lot more like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Agreed. This first opening sequence threw me a little bit. Yeah, this is what I was talking about, where it's like it's going to be, like, vaguely orange-colored and not really feel like a Saw (laughs) movie. One thing I will say is that the movie felt too polished, in my opinion. 
I agree. Yeah. It's like what people were saying about the Star Wars prequels where like all the spaceships and stuff felt too clean. Mm-hmm. They didn't have like, you know, the dents and stuff that models would. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about this film. It's like it doesn't have the grit. It's like been completely fed through Hollywood. I was just about to say it's like, I mean, I point to the first one in particular so you can, you know, just to see mm-hmm. them huge contrast between the two where we have this like low budget horror movie and now it's like oh here is a blockbuster film yeah and the thing is it wasn't i mean on one hand it was technically made for 10 times the amount of money that saw one was but it was made for 10 million dollars really that's that's not a lot no yeah budget 10 million dollars and it grossed 103 million Damn. I don't know how it still looks and feels so polished. And it's the term I really want to use is generic, even though it's not. I feel that's too harsh of a word. Yeah. It's just like, it's not the same. (laughs) No, I feel that too. And that's the word I think I was looking for too when watching it is polished. Because yeah. I will say it seems to have zero practical effects. Mm -hmm. Because there's this one moment where a couple of moments where I can just tell that it's 3D. You know? Yeah. You know what I think actually bothered me more than anything is how, like, again, polished Billy the puppet looks. Why did they do to my boy? He got the Hollywood treatment. He he got some <laughs> Botox done. He got like a facelift, like a little like chin tuck or whatever the fuck they're called. He's like man sized now. And he also has more hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did he get pugs? Yeah. <laughs> That also coincides with what has to be my least favorite moment in this entire film Mm -hmm. when they wheel out Billy and one of the guys is like, well, that's not creepy at all. And it's like, shut the fuck up with your Marvel movie ass quipping. It's it's the insincerity of it that gets me. You don't have the balls to stand by Billy. Yeah. Stand by your man. Me, I will always stand by my man. You know I love me. Some Billy the puppet. Oh, Billy. Oh, this is a fun little trivia thing, and we can, like, get more into detail about this later. But again, with it being more polished and, like, modernized and stuff, this is the first film that has one of Jigsaw's videos being played on a flat screen. Previous installments have the videos on, like, late 1990s TVs. Oh, my God, that's so true. Yeah. They previously had the films wheeled out on, like, the school school (laughs) cart with the CRT on it. I know, like, all of them said, like, property of, like, (laughs) city elementary. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a couple of these did take place in a school. There you go. That's where you got the TVs from. You know, that's why they were such a hot commodity back in the day, because they only had, like, one. (laughs) Because John kept stealing them. I still liked this movie. I still thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I had fun. I also think I like it more knowing that there's Spiral and Saw 10 after this. Because mm-hmm. if I saw this in 2017 when it came out, which I intended to back then, but then never got around to it. Mm-hmm. Without confirmation that they were making more, I would feel kind of hollow after. Yeah, I agree. If it was just this, then what was the point of this movie? Exactly. So actually, when they saw how successful this film was, they greenlit the ninth and tenth movies. Ah, I didn't know they did both. So I don't know if there's word on like anything beyond ten, but maybe that'll be the real final Saw movie. Hey, maybe ten is a good number to leave on. Yeah, Saw 3D, Saw the final chapter in parentheses, for real this time. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I'm hoping that it will be or not. I 
feel like we will have more thoughts on that after we watch Spiral. Yes. But that's next time, folks. That's, that's next time. Nicole, let's get into Jigsaw. Oh, baby. Oh, first of all, this movie, no opening kill. Yeah. So we open on Edgar Munson, who is running from the police. Eventually, he makes it to a rooftop and he sees this giant X spray painted on some like beam and pulls a remote from behind it. And the cops are all pointing their guns at him. And they're like, drop it, Eddie or whatever, or Edgar. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I kept wanting to call him Eddie, too. Right? Eddie seems more like a criminal name. (laughs) (laughs) Edgar sounds too refined. Edgar's like, no, because it's them or me and I want to live. And so he clicks the remote and then he gets shot at because the detective Halloran, who, oh, a fucking course's name's Brad. Ew, Brad Halloran. We already had a Brad. Saw. (gasps) No, I guess we have two Marks technically too. Mark Hoffman, who's the other Mark? He was an early trap guy. I think he was, um... um... The opening kill of Saw 2. Just goes to show you that they weren't expecting Mark to play like (laughs) an actual role. (laughs) He was not even a twinkle in the writer's eye. (laughs) So yeah, so Edgar says they have to call Detective Brad Halloran or five people are going to die. But then Halloran shows up. Edgar says the game's going to start and doesn't drop the remote. And so they're like, okay, aim for his hand, aim for the remote. But someone ends up shooting him in the chest. And so Halloran's like, who the fuck shot this guy in the chest? So Edgar's carted off to the hospital. Yeah, we later find out that the bullet is like lodged against his heart. Oof. Which like, lucky shot for Edgar. Yeah, but oh man. So like, I mean, we have our first run in with Detective Halloran and this guy's a fucking asshole. He sucks so bad. (laughs) Like right off the bat, it's like, oh, this guy sucks. And then we learn more about him as the show goes on. And we realize he sucks even harder than we initially thought. Do we want to talk about the deal with him now? Yeah, let's get into it now. Halloran has been repeatedly reprimanded for using excessive force on criminals. Somebody tells a story of like, there was this guy that Halloran had arrested and then he like beat him up a bunch. The DA or whatever let him go as a result. And then that guy ended up murdering a bunch of children, which I don't know, it seems kind of corny to me if I'm going to say. Oh yeah, 100%. Also, I wonder if the judge can be held culpable for that in any way. I don't know. If I was the families, I would try suing. Yeah. And then I'd sue fucking Brad also. Brad. Brad. But yeah, so he's a bastard. He's a bastard man. Mm-hmm. So we actually cut to now a room where five people are trapped with buckets on their heads and a shackle around their neck. So we get this little like timer and it counts down. And then once it finishes counting down, we hear a familiar voice on the speaker. Oh, dear. Oh, my gosh. It is that of John Kramer. And it's like, hmm, what's going on? Either this is a very good, like, voice-changing app that this person's using, <laughs> or, like, I don't know what's going on. It very clearly is John, too. Like, yeah. in listening to it, I was like, that's that's definitely Tobin Bell. Yeah, when I first heard it, I'm like, that's him. I was like, are they going for that? Or is it supposed to be him mm-hmm. speaking? Or, like, again, just, like, a really good imitation or voice changer and we see our first saw we do do this is a saw heavy movie it is there are like upwards of 40 saws in this movie there were several saws especially in this first trap (laughs) yep 
four minutes and 30 seconds, we see like 25 saws. Yes. So there's a wall just covered in saws, circular saws. And the recording of definitely John's voice (laughs) says that they can only move to the next room once they make an offering of blood. So four people are awake and the fifth person is just like sleeping. I think that's a saw first. That somebody doesn't wake up when a trap starts. Yeah. And I kind of appreciated that because, I mean, that was, I'm sure we pointed it out yeah. at some point where you we were like, how is it that this always works out so conveniently for everybody? But not this time. And so one of them, I think it's Anna, is the one to figure out the trap first. And so she says we have to make an offering of blood no matter how small. The chains around their necks start getting tighter and they get pulled towards the wall of circular saws. So she actually stops fighting against it and walks towards it and like sticks her hand out or something and allows it to cut her. And when she gets cut and has made her blood offering, her bucket head is released. Yeah. So she's able to take off the bucket helmet. Everyone else follows suit with some people being more resistant. This one bitch ends up like getting her back cut. Yeah, real, (laughs) real stupid. Maybe it's because we've watched seven Saw movies up to this point. But I hear like you have to spill some blood no matter how small and there's a bunch of saws in the room. I'm like, oh, Pog, I just have to like spill a drop of blood. Yeah, I just do a little. Yeah, the one guy does try to go for the finger and then the chain yanks him forward and he ends up cutting his arm. That is true. Which felt like a real dick move on Jigsaw's part. (laughs) That's honestly what I would go for first, but here or something. Yeah, the back of the forearm. Yeah. The bicep, maybe. Mm-hmm. A lot of muscle there, though. That might hurt. Yeah, really, forearm's where it's at. Oh, uh, yeah. It's gotta be it. Yeah, so everyone makes their blood offering except for the last guy who has just woken up, despite everyone having been, like, screaming for the past ten minutes. And it's too late for him, so he gets super fucked up by all these saws. Yep, he gets pulled into the doors, and then everyone else's doors open, and they're all pulled past, and we just see this guy struggling against the door. Shortly after this, we get this little scene of a woman jogging through the park. As the camera's following her from behind, everyone's like looking past her and up like horrified. And she turns around and there's the body of a, a, I think he's naked, a naked guy with a bucket on his head just like hanging off of this bridge. And it turns out that that's our bucket boy. That's Malcolm. Bucket boy. They call him Bucket Man throughout the movie, even after they get his name confirmed. I'm like, the man (laughs) had a name. He should not be defined by what he wore when he was murdered. Yeah, I have him as Sleepy Man in my notes. (laughs) So R.I.P. Sleepy Man. Too sleepy. So our four remaining victims are pulled by their necks into the next room where... They each start getting pulled towards... What are they getting pulled towards? Is it just like some gears that will probably grind their heads or something? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. First, Billy the puppet, now after having received like multiple facelifts, (laughs) Botox injections. He probably got some lip injections too to make him a little more, more plump. He got some hair plugs. He also did that procedure that I don't know if it actually exists, but it makes your calves longer or something, yeah. so you're taller. He is like man-sized now instead yeah. of being, you know, a little boy puppet. He got a little work done in, you know, the, how many years between the last movie and this movie, you know, to maintain his youthful appearance. And so he rolls up on his little tricycle because he still doesn't know how to ride a bike. Me neither, so no hate there. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we get your favorite line. That's not <laughs> creepy at all. And of course, he does this creepy little laugh. And Mitch, one of the victims, ends up seeing the tape recorder on Billy's chest. And before he gets pulled too far forward, he grabs it. A little thing drops down and it has three syringes and needles. And the tape says that one of them was like a purse snatcher and they could have saved a life but chose not to. So now like this person needs a medicine. So before you are three syringes, one has a saline in it. One has whatever medicine this person might need. And the third has an acid in it that will result in a very slow and painful death. We learned that from William Easton. Oh, man. R.I.P. King. <laughs> <laughs> and so the answer lies with however much this person thinks a life costs. I liked this trap also. I thought this idea was very cool. Yeah. It's one woman in particular here who's very, like, goth looking. Carly. Yeah. She's goth or punk or something. She used to be a purse snatcher because she was, you know, desperate and poor at that time. And she stole somebody's purse and this woman ran after her. And then she had an asthma attack. And while Carly was going through her purse, she found her inhaler and then didn't give it to her. And so this woman died. And we see there are numbers on the syringes and she points at one in particular and she says $3.53 because it's 3.53. There's no dollar sign or anything. We we get a very helpful scene of $3.53 laid out on the pavement and her picking it up. Like, like given how you would give change at a store. <laughs> and she's like, that's how much I think a life is worth, I guess. Damn. And then the trap goes insane. Yeah. So the fucking like little rack where the syringes were being held shoots up into the ceiling. And so do the gears that were pulling their chains forward. So now it's like, oh, cool, they're going to be hanged unless Carly injects herself with the contents of one of the syringes. But she starts freaking out and she's like, no, no, like I can't do it, blah, blah, blah. She annoyed the fuck out of me at this point. Because mm -hmm. it's like, girl, you're either going to die from being hanged or you're going to live or you're going to die anyway. Either way, it's like live or die, your choice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I found that really annoying. What I found more annoying was Ryan next to her taking all three of the syringes and swiping at her like he's Wolverine. Yeah. He eventually stabs all of them into her neck. And it's like, you couldn't have just taken the one that she said she immediately recognized and yeah. done that one, like, regardless of whether she would live or die. You had to be a dick and do all of them. Because the thing with this trap, too... This like whole gauntlet for everyone is that the point here is to get them to confess to what they've done. Yeah. And everyone so far has like been in total denial, like, oh, I did this, but like, you know, it wasn't my fault or whatever. But Carly like admitted what she did and she said 353, like that's how much I think a life is worth because that's what was in the purse. So she has like confessed to what she's done. And so that had to have been whatever medicine she needed, right? I don't think it would be anything else. Yeah, I don't think that that is one that would have killed her. Yeah. I think that would have been cruel even for Jigsaw. I just, I don't think that's how Jigsaw usually plays unless it's Amanda. Yeah. In which case they would have all been acid. Because I'm just wondering, because we do learn, well, once she gets stuck with all the needles, obviously the one full of acid kills her, so they all drop. And they look at the other needles, and one of them has like some kind of combination on it. So that wouldn't have made any sense to her anyway, so why would that have 
been chosen, you know? So that was probably the saline, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that was the correct one. She injects the correct one. And on the inside of like the plunger or whatever, now that the plunger is down, you can see a combination is revealed and now you can move on into the next room. Oh, it was only revealed once the plunger was down? I thought it was the number on the actual syringe. Yeah, no, because those were like on the outside of the syringe. Ah, And this this was distinctly on the inside. Also, it had L and R in it and all the other ones were just numbers. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah, I thought that was one of the syringes had the combination on it. And that was what they were seeing like right off the bat. Mm, Yeah, no, it was like numbers labeling them on the outside. Yeah, so I'm just wondering, it's like it couldn't have possibly been anything else. Because by acknowledging that she let this woman die and only got 353 out of it, she did her trial. Yeah, exactly. I think she should have been let go. Yeah. But also, that doesn't seem like much of a trial, not like what everyone else goes through. I mean, she would still have to do the other ones, I guess. That is true. Yeah. She at least gets to live for this part. Yeah. But the thing is that the script already knows that she's going to die, so it doesn't matter what would have happened. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was wondering, like, what if the guy who died, the first guy, what if he had something important to do later on? Yeah. Nobody fucking knew who this guy was. It's one of those things where this isn't set up like Saw 5, where it's very clear that you could have everyone at everything This one, it really seems to drop one person out after every room. Yeah. Or at least between room five and room four here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so R.I.P. Carly. (laughs) She's purse snatching the angels now. (laughs) (laughs) So I called that trap because I wasn't sure if I should consider these two different ones because we have the pulley part first where they're being pulled forward and then Mitch grabs the thing. Did you count that as a trap? I consider that to be part of this trap. Okay, so I my note here, Carly is annoying and an idiot. <laughs> my, so for this one, I called Pick Your Poison, Purse Snatcher. Very good. I love the alliteration. Later on, Carly's body is found outside of the hospital. It looks like somebody threw her off of the roof of the hospital. Oof. So the coroners take time to examine both of these bodies. We have a couple of lore drops here. One is that it has been 10 years since John died. Which would be true because 2007 is when Saw 4 came out mm-hmm. and Saw 4 is technically when John died. Yeah. And they find a USB stick in the body of Malcolm, the bucket man. It says, then there were four on it. That's very Agatha Christie of you. Yeah. And they play it. What does it even say? It's like a recording of John's voice, but whatever it was said did not really make sense to me. I don't even remember what was said, so whatever. Mm -hmm. A couple of things. One is that when they pull the USB out of the body, they start playing Hello Zep a little bit. I'm like, you can't just play that whenever you want. <laughs> like, also, it's like a remixed version a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's like an orchestral version of Hello Zep. And it's like, that's not how you use that. I thought it was kind of cutesy when you used it for the Lionsgate opening. Mm-hmm. But you don't get to use it here. Yeah, especially now that we have this like remix version, which is more like Salutation Zep. <laughs> <laughs> Original content, please do not steal. <laughs> <laughs> the other two things are, One, when they analyze that voice, they say that voice is a match for John Kramer. An exact match. Exact match. And they're like, well, he's been dead for 10 years. And somebody says it wouldn't be the first time he came back from the dead. Not true. 
very much not true. It would, in fact, be the first time that he has come back from the dead. Yeah. Unless they mean the time where nobody knew that it was Mark doing some jigsawing. Maybe they're 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 speaking more like figuratively. I like, guess oh, because you know people because like his legacy lived on and then maybe it died out for a little bit and now they're seeing this comeback. I guess. Anyway, so we meet two other important characters in the medical examiner's office. Dr. Logan Nelson, who is like chief medical examiner, and we have his assistant, Eleanor Bonneville. I gotta say, Eleanor is, Eleanor is a little freak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little sicko. So when fucking Malcolm gets brought in and he has a bucket on his head, she's like, haha, he's looking a little pale. Yeah. As in P-A-I-L. And I was like, girl, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one thing from her that I kind of appreciated. Oh, my God. It's like one little joke and then she moves on. But then, like, she kind of goes a little overboard. She's a lot. She is a lot. She also looks like discount pre-transition Elliot Page. I don't see it. Really? Yeah. I also thought the one detective looked like discount Bernie Mac. The partner, right? Yeah. You know what? I actually kind of see it. It's the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we find out that there is a trace amount of a disease on the bucket on Malcolm's head. I didn't write down the name of the disease, but it's a pig disease that if one pig gets it, you have to kill all of the pigs in your farm. I don't know how to pronounce it. I want to say it's Ajetskis. Yeah, A U J E S Z K Y. Yeah, that sounds right. Ajetskis. Which, when they said pig disease and like killing all the pigs, I was like, ah, I see. Pig motif. The pig motif. Oh, also, I must point out this saw has nudity in it, though it is once again unsexy nudity because this woman, you definitely see her boobs when they're autopsying her. Oh, yeah, we see some dead lady titties. As you do. Oh, and we also find out that Dr. Nelson was in Iraq and he was tortured for a period. Oof. Oof. Big, big oof. A broken man, his words. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So, and then there were three. They are now in like this new part of this barn and there's a door that says no way out or no exit, something along those lines. No exit. Oh, no, thank you. I would like to specifically say that I think it might be labeled no exit as an homage to the play No Exit, which is about three people who are all trapped in hell and their torture is each other because hell is other people. That's where that comes from. And we're down to three people. And I'm going to consider that canon in real life. <laughs> There's no way that John was not a fan of fucking artsy ass plays from the 1940s. <laughs> so it said no exit and there's a perfectly good set of other doors so they're just kind of like bopping around figuring out what to do next and so ryan says fuck this like i'm gonna break this door down and i think it's mitch who says like why would you do that like it <laughs> says no exit and we gotta like follow the rules but ryan pays him no mind and grabs like a shovel or something and goes to like hit the lock on the door he steps forward onto some loose wooden plank so his leg falls through and they get caught in this wire trap that tightens and it like starts to cut off the circulation in his leg. Also in that hole, they see a lever and another tape recorder. So they fish out the tape recorder and the wires tighten again. So now like blood's being drawn. Yeah, so the wires tighten whenever any other wires in that nest are touched. Ooh. Which makes Mitch getting the tape recorder out of the hole very much like a game of operation. Mm-hmm. Stressful. Mm-hmm. So they play the tape, and it says something along the lines of, like, 
I told you not to do this, but bitch is going to have to learn somehow. Yep. The only way to set yourself free is to pull the lever. Kronk. <laughs> no one wants to pull the lever because people, I feel like they assume that if they do, their like arms will be cut off or something. Yeah. But either way, it seems like Ryan's going to lose his leg. It's like, oh, you'll be set free, but like at what cost, you know? Yeah, it's really like he's there for over five minutes. There's no way there's circulation going to that leg ever again. Oh, no, that thing's gone. Mm -hmm. So eventually this like door to a silo opens. And my note here was, are they stupid? Why are they both climbing into the silo? (laughs) Not the smartest. If this fucking door opens on its own, I can assume that it can also close on its own. Yep. And these two dum-dums walk into the silo and they see a remote dangling from the ceiling and then suddenly these flat screen TVs from Best Buy turn on. So one in the silo and one in that same hole where Ryan's leg is trapped. And also once they remove the remote from like whatever hook it was hanging on, the door of the silo shuts behind Mitch and Anna. Mm-hmm. So they play and it's like, all right, the only way to set them free is to also set yourself free, Ryan. So if you don't do that, they're gonna die. And so then the silo starts filling up with grain. Terrible way to go. You know, it only takes uh, two or three minutes to become helpless in a flow of grain. Oof, yeah. terrifying. Yep. Normally that's from the top, though. I, I think that grain almost certainly drowns you if it comes in, if you're coming up from the bottom. Yeah. Brian is having a time here because we still don't know what happens when the lever is pulled. And also he does feel like he's going to lose his leg. Mm -hmm. So eventually the grain stops flowing in. Anna and Mitch are trapped at this point. It's like up to their chests. And all of a sudden fucking down the chute comes like knives and saw blades. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And like rusty nails and shit. Jesus. Mitch gets stabbed in the shoulder by a falling knife. Oh, also we do see several saws at uh, 3918 and 3940. Several saws. Anna gets stabbed in the arm with like three rusty nails. The screen in the silo shows Ryan and the screen where Ryan's leg is caught shows what's happening in the silo. So Ryan can see all this shit happening. He could hear them screaming for help. And eventually he does pull the lever and the wires tighten all the way and he loses his leg. That shit gets cut into three even slices. Yep. Wild. And then the door of the silo does open. They tumble out with all the fucking grain and blades. So hooray. They lived. So I called this trap pull the lever cronk slash grainy day blues. I called it it only takes two or three seconds to become helpless in flowing grain. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the two detectives approach Dr. Nelson, the coroner, and say, hey, what do you know about your assistant? Do you know that she's a little freak, a little sicko? And he's like, oh, why? And they say, one, why is she still working here? She was offered a job as like head medical examiner in Cleveland, to which Dr. Nelson is like, do you want to move to Cleveland? Which, you know, (laughs) take take that, Ohio. (laughs) And then they say that there's this website called JigsawRules.com. On the dark web. On the dark web. (laughs) Which I don't think dark websites use .com. Uh, It's rules with a Z, and that's how you know. That's evil. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Deranged. (laughs) 
And apparently it's a site full of like copycats and quote unquote posers and people who are just like really into John Kramer's work. And apparently Eleanor is a frequent visitor of the website. They found a lot of her IP pings from there. So my question is like, yeah, she's a little weirdo, but why would they immediately suspect her? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that was, I mean, you had to make a pretty large jump to conclusions here, you know? Honestly. It's a stretch. And then also for them to have received a warrant to like pull that information. Yeah. Well, Patriot Act. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> what the fuck? That's just so wild to me. I was like, how did they jump to that conclusion right off the bat? Because she said some weird shit. I guess so. Doesn't seem like probable cause to me, but you know. Eleanor gives her alibi for the night that Malcolm the Bucket Man died. She says that she was at home, but she later confesses to Dr. Nelson that she was not in fact at home. She was at her studio. And Dr. Nelson is like, Eleanor, why did you need to hide that? <laughs> and she's like, well, let's go to my studio and you can see. And they go to her studio and she's a freaking little sicko because they come up in this fright elevator and she has like basically every trap from the Saw universe in it. Yeah, she's fucking nutso. And also, Detective Keith Hunt is following them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Dr. Nelson is like, what the fuck? Apparently, Eleanor just like is really into him as a concept. Like she's not a follower. She's just like... She's a true crime weirdo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> she probably has a podcast or something. What a fucking weirdo. Who has a podcast? <laughs> Ugh, freaks. <laughs> That's why we've been chained up down here. I know. Our punishment. Our punishment. Why would they do that to us and not every other white man who has a podcast? <laughs> How come more moonshot people aren't down here? Yeah, what the fuck? Thought we were supposed to be a team, guys. Yeah. Nope. We're just the scapegoats, I guess. <sighs> oh, well. She like sits on her red couch in the middle of, she doesn't even seem to have a TV here. She just apparently comes out here to sit and look at her traps. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> does this bitch even have Wi-Fi? Like, what does she do here? At one point, Dr. Nelson asks her like, what, do you get off on this? And she does not answer. I kind of have to assume that she gets off on this a little bit. She's a kinky. I'm not, I'm not here kink shame as long as she's not actually murdering people. Yeah. You can be a little freaky if you want, a little, little <laughs> sicky. <laughs> also, Eleanor points out one trap in particular. She's like, I built that one myself off of plans that John Kramer had. It's thought that he used that in a game before any other game, but nobody found the bodies of it. And it's this like... It's a blender, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> In the shape of like the spiral. So it's like a big metal cone with like a sharp red edge running through it. Like a hollow drill. Yeah, exactly. Yep, that's that's basically that scene. And then the next day, Detective Keith Hunt <laughs> has all these developed photos of them in this freaky ass studio. And Halloran's like, yeah, that's that's probably it. Did you uh, mention that she bought those plans online? I did not. She bought them yeah. online. Probably from like jigsawrules.com backslash store. <laughs> Do like you think they have merch? <laughs> oh my God, I hope so. Uh, it's, uh, the, it's just jigsaw rules spray painted on a black shirt with red spray paint to give it that edgy look. And of course, with the Z instead of an S. Nicole, write that shit down. <laughs> 
So, yeah, we cut to Edgar in the hospital, and he, after having been shot in the chest, is now in a coma. And also we have this whole thing where people are like, is John Kramer still alive? And I think it's like the DA who says that he wants the fucking remains exhumed so they can double check that this guy's fucking dead. (laughs) So that's like a whole thing. But we're with Edgar right now in the hospital and something is inserted into his IV that wakes him up from his coma because stuff like that just exists, I guess. Maybe that's the shit that Jigsaw uses. Oh, I don't fucking know. To wake everyone up at the same time? Maybe. Well, he just invented this, like, cure for comas. <laughs> what will happen if I use that while awake? Because I'm really tired most of the time. <laughs> and I just need, like, a little boost to energy. So, John Kramer, hit me up with your recipe. <laughs> John Kramer inventing Ritalin on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ends up disappearing from the hospital room, and no one has any fucking idea where he went. And people are like, he was in a coma. Where the fuck did he go? <laughs> So the grave does get exhumed, and whose body do we see in the coffin but fucking Edgar's, which is wild to me. Seems a lot of work to get him up to just kill him. It's for the dramatic effect. Like, whoever's doing all this has a real flair for the dramatic. Because also, you know, that coffin is buried six feet underground. So you're telling me that this bitch took a shovel, dug six feet, put this body into a box, Possibly removed some remains, who knows, and then covered it back up and like no one also suspected. They're like, oh, this dirt is loose. Yeah, I got a live logistics questions at the end. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know, but I was like, okay, there are, of course, are reporters there and shit like streaming to you live and so they just (laughs) zoom in on this dead fucking body. (laughs) Wow, this is pretty close to the Logan Paul incident, too. Yeah, it's like, girl, this is MSNBC. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> msnbc youtube apology video 10 middle ads <laughs> or like notes app apology on twitter <laughs> we made an oopsie and accidentally filmed a dead body not clickbait <laughs> fuck detective hunt goes to arrest dr nelson while his daughter is at home detective hunt is very nicely like hey do you want to step out of the house for a second and he's like i gotta see your wrist man we can do this the easy way or the hard way And Dr. Nelson is like, me and Eleanor are being set up. It's so obviously Detective Halloran. Like, are you kidding me? So he does get arrested, but Detective Hunt very nicely brings him to like somewhere where they can talk Mm -hmm. initially. And Dr. Nelson lays out his theory. In short, the victims that they have found so far have been tied to Detective Halloran. They've been like criminals that he is gotten off (laughs) (laughs) without me (laughs) dr nelson also convinces detective hunt that halloran was the one who shot edgar in the chest like he aimed for his chest instead of for the trigger device and to confirm this they go and do an autopsy on edgar in which they try and look for the bullet that was in his heart or next to his heart Dr. Nelson is like, what type of gun do you use? And what type of gun does Detective Halloran use? Detective Hunt is like, I use a a Glock 22, except for Halloran, who uses a Glock 44 or whatever. It has a bigger bullet because the man's is compensating for something. Exactly. Lo and behold, he washes off whatever bullet he just pulled out of the body, and he pulls out a 44 bullet. Oh my god. What? So this convinces Detective Hunt to, like, give up on Dr. Nelson and go after Halloran instead. Yeah, get his ass. Yeah. 
Halloran has also taken time to investigate Ellie's freaky little studio. <laughs> and he goes into this one room where there is the saw, the original saw from Saw. Yeah. Which that must have been a hard get. I know. But also, like, that means that eventually people did discover the bathroom. So they had to have discovered Hoffman. Yeah, we never get confirmation if Mark is dead or not. Yeah. Maybe in Spiral. Who knows? But I don't know. Either it's the saw from Saw, or it's like, oh, a saw for the drama mm. and for no other reason. Because, like, nobody knows what happened. Does anybody know about that bathroom? Yeah. Does anyone know that Dr. Gordon was involved? There's no way. Because he was not terribly involved. Like I said last episode, he was like the freelancer, it seems. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So Halloran goes into this room and he like pulls something for the light and this like shredded body falls down from a hatch in the ceiling. So meanwhile, Halloran is all like, well, it's gotta be Eleanor, little perv, <laughs> shredding people in her spare time. Casually. But that's not what happened. Oh my God. What actually happened was back in our little trap here where there are 2.85 people now because- our boy Ryan's missing a leg. Ripping piece Ryan's leg. <laughs> ripping piece Ryan's leg. Literally ripping pieces. <laughs> Mitch walks over to pick up a tape recorder that he found. And he presses play and uh, like... Like a snare trap. Yeah, a snare trap that you would get to grab a rabbit. Snatches his feet up and then dangles him over a... I guess newly revealed blender machine, the one that Elle was talking about. Oh my god. So I guess in use. <laughs> we hear Jigsaw go on and on about this, where we heard a little bit earlier on that Mitch, this guy, he sold a kid a motorcycle, and then 10 minutes later that kid died in a motorcycle accident. John fills in what we didn't know, which is that Mitch had labeled this bike as in excellent condition, even though he knew that the brakes didn't work great. And the brakes failed, and that's what killed Jigsaw's nephew. Oh my god. Man's got hit by a truck. He really did get hit by a truck. <laughs> All for $600. Not only does he die, he's out $600 now. Damn, what's up? I know you can't take it with you, but I I would <laughs> I would feel shitty. You paid $600 to die. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people get that for free. So the blender starts up and it starts spinning because there's a motorcycle hooked up to the top of it. So when the motorcycle spins, it spins the whole blender. And Mitch can stop it by reaching down at the very bottom to pull a brake. I didn't quite understand this. I think it's like because it gets narrower, like it's a good chance his arms are going to get shredded up and he'll probably get like real fucked up. Yeah. So while he's being slowly lowered and he does try to reach at one point, but he gets cut a little bit. Anna, the third person in this game, she finds this piece of rebar and she like climbs up onto where the motorcycle part is and jams it in the wheels, which I thought was brilliant. Yes. And then I wanted to slap fucking Mitch because it stops the drill. Mm -hmm. So And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, Anna, thank you so much. You saved me. Bitch, I would still be pulling that brake just yep. in case while that drill's not moving. And lo and behold, the rebar breaks which I'm a little bit surprised at, to be honest. Yeah, but what do I know? I just work here. Yeah, it starts back up again, and Mitch gets fucking shredded. R.I.P. Mitch. Also, it looks terrible. I can 
completely tell that this is all CG. <laughs> it really looks like they tossed like a virtual ragdoll into there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he gets chewed up and spit out. R.I.P. Mitch. R.I.P. Mitch. So back at the force, Dr. Nelson is in his house and trying to call Eleanor where he's like, call me back. I need to talk to you about this. And Eleanor just like shows up in his house and he's like, I've been fucking looking for you. And she's like, I know I've been hiding from the police. (laughs) I traced where the farm that this game is taking place at is, though, from the Algetsky's disease on the pale. And she's like, let's go. So she and Dr. Nelson go to this farm. And they start walking through all the previous traps. Meanwhile, Anna has squeezed out of the barn through a little gap. But as soon as she gets out, a pig mask syringes her. And she wakes up in a completely different room. She is chained to one end of a wall, and Ryan is chained to the other end of a wall. And guess who the fuck shows up? John Kramer. Oh my god. I was so deeply confused. Me too. He had his little like soul patch thing going on too. He was back in the soul patch era. Love that for him. <laughs> Live your dreams, John. John says a lot of stuff here. One thing that he notes is that his brain cancer wouldn't have been as bad as it was when it was killing him if an intern at the hospital hadn't accidentally mixed up his x-ray with another patient's. Apparently somebody accidentally switched the stickers for like the patient labels and John got one that's like, oh, doesn't seem to be much cancer here. And somebody else got one that's like a lot of cancer, dude. Yeah, so I was surprised by the fact that John was alive. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And also that Anna was calling him by his first name. Yeah. Because apparently they were neighbors. Yep. John says some very nice things about Anna and her husband. Yeah. He's telling Ryan, Anna and her husband helped me a lot through the first couple of months of chemo that were really hard. And for that, I'm I'm like forever grateful to you. And then you start saying like, and then you had your baby... And when you lost your baby, like, I really felt for you because, like, you know, losing a child, the feeling is unparalleled, which I also thought was kind of nice. I like seeing John be a nice person occasionally. Yeah. Even though he's a serial killer. He's never killed anyone. Oh, I'm sorry. He's just a little guy. I always forget that. Yeah. Then he heavily implies that Anna was the one who killed her baby and framed her husband for accidentally killing it. Because she was, like, so frustrated with crying, and John, apparently, from his house next door, heard her shouting, like, shut up at the baby. And I guess she smothered it with a pillow, and then put its corpse next to her husband in bed, so that he would roll onto it and think that it was his fault. And he got arrested. He got arrested for it, which doesn't seem like that would happen. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, he was later interned in a mental institution where he killed himself. Yeah, because killing his baby took a toll on him. Yeah. I mean, I saw two movies in 2016, pretty shortly before this film came out, in which two different mothers accidentally smothered their children. I don't know why there were so many smothered babies in Hollywood between 2016 and 2017. What movies were these? Disappointments Room and Girl on the Train. The Girl on the Train, that baby was technically drowned, but it's still lacking the air. Huh. What was going on? Why were we talking about smothered babies at that time? It was 2016. We were all going through it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, ever since Harambe, nothing's been the same. I know. 
People start smothering their babies. Just like how the Chicago Zoo smothered Harambe with a bullet. Damn. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> King. Dicks out. Dicks out. <laughs> also, are we counting the baby and also the husband? I don't think so. Okay. And I don't think we should count the nephew either. I think those okay. are extraneous killings. I think this is for people who are specifically killed by jigsaw things. Okay. So John is like, anyway, so I'm just going to leave this shotgun here. He holds up a shotgun shell and says, this is the key to your escape. And he puts it in the shotgun. And he sets the shotgun on a, on a little stand on a table between the two of them. And he's like, this game is a simple one. And then he leaves. <laughs> he's like, the best games are simple. Anyway, see ya. Toodles. So Anna ends up picking up the shotgun. And she's like, I'm really sorry, Ryan. I clearly have to shoot you to get out of here. In what world? Yeah. Ryan's like, please don't. And then she's like about to pull the trigger. And he's like, no, wait. Because John said something earlier about like, you've both got it all backwards or something like that. And lo and behold, Anna fires the gun. And instead of firing forward, it fires back and kills her, which is very Looney Tunes. Yep, her beak was like blown back to the other side. Yeah. <laughs> and so Ryan afterwards, like she obviously drops the shotgun because she dies. He looks at the spent shell and there's like half of two keys for their locks in them. So apparently if they had just taken out the shell and opened it up, they would have been able to escape. But now Anna has broken both keys, so John ain't coming back for them. I had a note for this, but I guess I wasn't paying a lot of attention because my note here is, okay, but how is the key to from things? <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I guess like my question here was like, okay, I understand that John's like, oh, you had it backwards. And, you know, shotgun shell, this is the key to your survival. How is that like a test, though? It's like yeah, you, it's you really don't understand not. his shitty little wordplay nonsense. Yeah, I guess the test is like, will you actually shoot somebody else thinking that that's your way to escape? Mm -hmm. Like, will you sacrifice somebody else's life so that you can live? Okay, if the answer is no, how are they supposed to figure out the keys were in there? And then also... That kind of screws the other person. Like the other person never had a chance to like do anything. Exactly. It's like all you did was not get shot. Yeah. So I thought this was kind of stupid. Yeah, it's not the best. I was really hopeful when he said like the best games are simple. I was like, he's got my trap philosophy already. But nope, it's just a uh, real silly. To be yes. Honest. All right. So back to our squad. Halloran shows up at the barn while Dr. Nelson and Eleanor are exploring around there. So Eleanor and Dr. Nelson are looking through the barn, walking through all these traps. When Halloran shows up and he's like, oh, I got you, motherfuckers. I know it was you. But Dr. Nelson and Eleanor are pretty much on the same page that, yes, it's Halloran who's doing all this shit. And then also, quick cut to Detective Hunt, after having spoken to Dr. Nelson, is now in Detective Halloran's home opens up his fridge and finds in his freezer or fridge little patches of skin cut into the shape of jigsaw pieces that have been cut from the victims that they've found over the course of the movie. 
That raised a lot of questions of what did John do typically with these parts? I kind of assumed he like threw them away or burned them or something. But now I'm like, does he have like a little fridge full of like single serving puzzle skins? Well, because you know, the common thing with serial killers and stuff is that they keep souvenirs. Mm -hmm. But he's not a serial killer. So because he's never killed anyone. True. So he doesn't keep anything. He just puts it in the in the trash. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, or flushes it down the toilet. There's actually one killer who did flush all the shit down the toilet, and that's what got him caught. Damn. <laughs> yeah, anyway, make sure your plumbing's decent before flushing down human remains, friends. Uh... So yeah, so now everyone is going after Halloran. Meanwhile, he's in this barn with our two coroners here. He's holding a gun up to them, and Eleanor has a gun pointed at him. It's like a Mexican standoff. Dr. Nelson distracts Halloran long enough for Eleanor to escape, and so the two men get into this little, little kerfuffle. And then they both get knocked out somehow. I think Nelson gets knocked out by Halloran, and then Halloran gets stabbed in the neck with something in a syringe. Yeah, that sounds right. Yes, and then they wake up in a room, just the two of them. And they are both in these like metal neck collars and they are standing on little platforms with two buttons between them. And they're told by Jigsaw, by John over the thing, the collars that they're wearing have like laser cutters, essentially like mm -hmm. laser scalpels, whatever. They're, they're knives, but they're lasers. Mm -hmm. And these will like point inward on their head and neck and kill them. Unless they confess to what they've done. Which, like, what a very high-tech trap. Yeah. You think John's, like, boomer ass could have figured that out? <laughs> no, the man is still using VHS. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's moved up onto flat screens now, true, apparently. True, 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 <laughs> So, <laughs> Halloran and Nelson are here, and Jigsaw is like, in 60 seconds, the game will choose one of you to go first if neither of you press a button. And Halloran's like, it's okay. I'll go first. And he starts to press his button and then he's like, psych and presses Nelson's button. And Nelson gets pulled back by the neck up against a wall. And he has a certain amount of time to start confessing. And he confesses that he was the intern who accidentally screwed up the two x-rays that got John's cancer diagnosis delayed. Oh my god. Yeah, he confesses that. And then it still uh, kills him. Still kills him anyway. Yeah, so R.I.P. Dr. R.I.P. Dr. Nelson. I called this trap laser head removal. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's Halloran's turn. Halloran just starts rattling off stuff that he's done. <laughs> Everything. I've taken bribes. <laughs> I've hurt people. Innocent people have gone to jail because of me. I've let murderers and rapists walk. This guy fucking sucks. He sucks so bad. And the lasers actually turn off. And there's either one point where he's like looking up and he sees scorch marks on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that could have been my head. Very dramatic. Mm -hmm. Then across the room, Dr. Nelson gets up off the ground. <gasps> and it's like, oh, man, here we go again. Yeah. Very reminiscent of the first movie. Yeah. 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 It, <laughs> it's a jigsaw tradition to sit in your own trap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. We do get Hello Zap. But the remix version. Yep. I barely even registered it as Hello Zap. I didn't even process that I was playing. Okay, so here's the twist. Yes, Dr. Nelson is working for Jigsaw, but John isn't alive. What we were seeing, that whole game, happened 10 years ago. 
before any other killing, which we'll get into this. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Nelson was actually the bucket guy, like the guy who (gasps) didn't wake up in time for the first test. And apparently once the doors closed, John rushed in and saved him from getting too obliterated by the saws. And Dr. Nelson's like, he realized that a person shouldn't die for like an innocent mistake. I'm like, that doesn't sound like John Kramer. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like like early John, maybe, where he was like still trying to figure out his whole shtick. Yeah, I mean, John's a complicated guy, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking it's like, you know, this guy did not wake up in time, so he did not get his chance to redeem himself. True. And go through his games and trials or whatever. So eh, he gets a do-over. And yet, Dr. Nelson allegedly helped John with other things past that point, I guess. Apparently. Apparently. The only thing we see is him, like, welding together the reverse bear trap. Which, (gasps) Which, like, like, you go first. I guess we didn't get this part, but it, it kind of, like, adds to the thing of, like, John didn't seem to do much of anything himself. He was the ideas man. <laughs> yeah. Brain's not brawn, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, so Dr. Nelson is like, by the way, I was recording everything that you said, and that's going to serve as your confession after you die, and everyone thinks that you're Jigsaw. And then he's like, all right. He doesn't say game over, but he's like, see ya. And yeah. he walks away, and he turns the lasers back on, like, Cut his head into eight pieces. Nice. And it opens up and it looks like the freaking Demogorgon from Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was cool. (laughs) It was kind of cool, yeah. Oh, and so the three bodies that have been like tossed into the wild in the modern day, Dr. Nelson made his own version of the game, but he only put three people into it. And he and Halloran are the two other people in in the game, which no, you're not. What I think he's trying to say is that like, oh, these people had their own traps and they just happened to fail in the exact same way. But no, I think you just straight up murdered those people because we never see what happens in their game. Yeah. We can't assume that it was exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. A good chunk of this did not register with me entirely. Yeah. Where he did reveal the remains of those victims that were never found or some shit. Yeah. Why? And where did he get, I think, I think it was just like, like no one could ever prove that Jigsaw like had this first trap. It was just speculation. And the reason they couldn't figure it out is because they never found these bodies, but here they are. It was real. It happened. I was there. I think that was the point. Yeah. Okay. So that's the movie. Also, Eleanor is about to provide some passerby his alibi for when he inevitably limps out of there. And he's like, oh my God, I survived Jigsaw. Which John would not be thrilled about. He would be like, hmm, really, you survived Jigsaw, huh? How about you put this actual laser collar on your neck, Logan? Bench. But also, aren't they going to ask questions? It's like, why is Jigsaw's head in eight pieces? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Why is it sliced like a, like a clementine? <laughs> really is very citrus-like. Anyway, that's the movie. Nicole, do you want to skip traps from it and talk about the twist? Yeah, sure. I feel like I did and didn't see it coming because I felt like it would have been too obvious. Like, I knew for a fact it wasn't Eleanor because that was too obvious. She's a red herring. Yeah. Much like communism. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't think it was going to be Detective Halloran either because, again, it was too easy and all signs were pointing to that. And so I was like, all right, by, you know, process of elimination, it's got to be Dr. Nelson, but it's kind of boring. Yeah. It's, It's the guy who we thought it was. Yeah. Which, you know. 
damn, got it in one, I guess. Yeah. I was waiting for it to be like Detective Hunt or something. I'm like, oh, unexpected. Oh, I mean, I don't dislike this twist. Yeah. I thought the idea of like, I was in a trap 10 years ago. I always typically enjoy the reveal of like, what you're seeing isn't actually happening in chronological order. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fine. Good even. Mm-hmm. But I hate how many accomplices Jigsaw has now. Yeah. It's like, what? So I gotta talk about the timeline, too. Because allegedly, this is John's first game. But to me, the point of Saw 4, or John's little plot in Saw 4 with his and Jill's baby being killed, I thought the point of that was that Cecil was John's first victim. I think it's like different words. Like, that's the first trap, you know, like the first trial here. But this is the first full-fledged game. I guess it just it just confuses me as to where this lies. Agreed. I'm going to say it's after Cecil with Cecil kind of being more of a trial run than anything. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. After the accident. Yeah, it also really throws into question a lot of John's stuff where like, you know, we said in Saw 4, the fact that he had the razor wire prototype going on means that he was already planning on killing more people. Yeah. So it's like. He just fully decided to be a serial killer in the moment where he, where his unborn child died. Yeah. He just really went full Joker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of meh. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Like, it was fine. The thing is, I feel like this is never going to be brought up ever again. You don't think so? I don't think so, because the next movie is called Spiral from the Book of Saw, which mm. to me says that it's not connected directly to any other movie yeah and we recently found out that saw 10 takes place between saws one and three that means that that probably isn't going to have dr nelson maybe it will maybe it will oh maybe we'll see him be more active maybe it's like oh see he's been here the whole time oh i love when they do that (laughs) (laughs) maybe they'll do it better than with mark at least dr nelson was charismatic i liked him yeah like, I thought he was way more fun to watch than fucking Mark. Yeah. Hate Mark's ass. But we're not here to talk about Mark. <laughs> nah, he's dead. To us. Maybe not in the movies. We don't know. Yeah, no. Probably. I mean, he was freed. So yeah, Nicole, let's talk about the traps. All right. So we have our first trap, the blood offering. I thought it was, you know. Kind of boring tutorial. Yeah, that's all there is to say. I think it's funny that one guy died on that. Yeah, right? unfortunate and then we have pick your poison purse snatcher it's okay i thought there was an interesting element to it yeah but uh she didn't play yeah no but i did like you know the number being relevant to her crime you know yeah and also how the fuck does john know all this shit (laughs) yeah like girl how you know it's 353 it's so specific like dude (laughs) Like, bruh. Did this lady who died have a sister and she was called in to, like, examine the contents of the discarded purse and the woman's corpse? And she was like, Jesse always had $3.53 in her purse. And it's gone. And then how did John get that information? Well, I mean, he had Mark at the police. Oh, I guess. Uh. Whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to question it too much. And then we have the leg booby trap. 
kind of sucks, to be honest. It's another one of those kind of like tutorial things where it's like, oh, no, no, like, don't go too far off the map or else you're going to die. Like, stay on the path. Yeah, I kind of liked the operation element of it where you couldn't touch the, the wires. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. And then we have Pull the Lever Cronk slash Grainy Day Blues, which I guess ties in with the like booby trap a little bit. It's fine. So my question is, if he didn't fall into that leg booby trap, how would he have known to pull the lever to free them from the grain silo? Yeah, and I mean, that's one of John's signature things of like, I can predict everyone's exact movements. Oh my god, he's a psychic. But like, yeah, it does raise that question. It also like, they run out of grain at one point, so that's why like saws and sharp shit gets thrown in there. Mm-hmm. How many sharp objects could there be to throw down there? I feel after a few minutes... You could probably, like, wriggle your way out, maybe. They were, you know, up to, like, their chest or something. So it's like, if you wanted to hide from the falling objects, because, I mean, at that point, it was just, like, sharp shit. Can't you, like, burrow into the grain a little bit? Your ass might die, though. Straight up. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like, because you're standing. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been stuck in a pile of grain, so I can't say for sure how I would maneuver. People do die that way. Yeah, it's wild. It's fucked up. Only takes two, three seconds to be helpless in a flow of grain. Jesus Christ. And then we have the brake blender. The aesthetics are really cool. Agreed. The whole motorcycle making it spin was kind of badass. (laughs) Yeah. I think this is just a trap meant to kill you, to be honest. Yeah. John occasionally makes those, and he doesn't like to admit that he makes those. But, like, I do not feel like he would have let the man who essentially killed his nephew... I don't think he would have let him get off that easily. Yeah. And again, and I'm just annoyed with fucking Mitch for not pulling the lever <laughs> when the drill had stopped, but whatever. Yeah. When Anna at the beginning was like, you have to cut yourself and like warning everyone and telling people that I thought we were going to have like a smart party. Mm-hmm. No, no, we did nope. not. I was hopeful. I was hopeful for a good three seconds. And then I was like, oh, nope. Nobody will be the fatal five in terms of ability to suss out a trap yeah and then we have the simple shotgun (laughs) which i mean we touched on this earlier it's so stupid yeah (laughs) and then we have laser head removal kind of cool honestly pretty badass but also damn that's high tech as shit that must have been so expensive where you get all this equipment i mean i guess dr nelson uses those at the coroner's office maybe he's been stealing supplies from work But there's like an inventory for that. Like people would check. Well, he's the boss there. I still feel like people would check. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. That's just my theory. A game theory. And that's all for our traps. So I guess if we have to rank them. Yeah. Uh, ooh, this is like not easy because I I didn't like. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean, most of these these were not. (laughs) It's funny that we both like thought this movie was pretty good, but we're both like the traps were pretty lame overall. Yeah. And the twist doesn't really make sense. (laughs) But it was pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) I think that just speaks to how like bad the last movie was. Yeah. Where this is like kind of refreshing. (laughs) Anything can be better than Saw 7. Yeah. And I just I saw this as a very fun return. Yeah. So ranking, I would say for me, it's like the collar at the top. Yeah, laser head removal is going to be number one for me. And I think pick your poison purse snatcher is going to be number two because it, it kind of falls in the same vein where it's like you have to confess to your things. Yeah. So do, is that going to be your number two also? Um. Yeah. And then I think followed by the motorcycle, the blender. 
Oh, my third's going to be pull the lever, Kronk, because Ryan did have to like sacrifice something to save other people, but also himself. But yeah, I'll put that as my four. I'm going to go with simple shotgun for my number four. Really? Yeah, because even though it was kind of dumb, it's like, you know, I do like that the test was, you know, are you going to kill somebody? Oh, you are? Fuck you. You're going to die instead. Like, that's a one of the ultimate tests there. Like, are you willing to give up another life to help yourself? Yeah. So that'll be my number four. And then my number five will be Break Blender. I like Blood Sacrifice. Let's put Blood Sacrifice for my five. And then I think my bottom is Simple Shotgun. I thought it was weak. I thought it was too simple in a way. Simple Shotgun's my bottom. So yeah, my last one is Blood Offering. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was fine. All of these are pretty middle of the road traps. Yeah, mid. Mid movie, mid traps. Yeah. And honestly, I'll take mid. Again, it, it is so much better than the last one. <laughs> yeah. But even though it's not great, it was good <laughs> by comparison. Do you have any fun facts, Nicole? Fun facts. The film was specifically written as a way to minimize on the torturous and extreme violence of the previous series installments, instead opting for a feeling of claustrophobia along with gloss and style. What a shock. They they specifically said we're going to polish it. Yeah, because this was significantly less gory than the last couple of movies. Yeah, I read either on the Saw Wiki or Wikipedia where it was like the writers or directors were like, you know, we're bringing back Saw. It's not as bloody as before or something like there's still gore and blood and stuff but like we're not going that hard it feels like a cop-out to be honest Mm -hmm. i know that i admire that saw one is blood light but saw one isn't the same here saw one was blood light because they basically had to be Mm -hmm. this is just like you don't want to like freak anyone out with your horror movie is this a horror movie i think this would be more of a thriller i was gonna say thriller It doesn't feel like a horror movie how the other ones have felt like a horror movie. I don't know. I feel like a lot of them have felt more thrillery than horror movies. I guess. They're in the same vein. It's a very fine line between the two genres. So I do think that these have always been more on the thriller side than horror. True. I think it just, this movie feels milquetoast in a lot of ways, you know? Mm -hmm. Just like not wanting to upset anyone. Ah, here's a fun little thing. As Halloran arrives at the barn, Hunt calls him. The caller ID on the phone shows a 647 area code, which is one of the area codes for Toronto. (laughs) That's really funny. City, USA, Gotham, New Jersey is in Toronto. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny because last time I think I said, you know, (laughs) beautiful downtown Toronto in City, USA. Very clearly Toronto. That's so funny. It was previously called Saw Legacy. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I feel like they must have had that title for a while. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I prefer Jigsaw or Saw Legacy. Oh, and also, I don't think I remember this, but the tagline for the film was Make America Bleed Again. (laughs) Okay, kind of funny. (laughs) That feels like a joke John would make. The Blood Drive promotional poster nurses for the film are all representatives of the LGBTQ plus community. Do you know why? No. Because... The blood drive that they have always done, apparently they didn't do it for Spiral because COVID, and I've heard no word about Saw 10. Oh, I hope they do one. Unfortunately. But this one, they specifically made it part protest of the FDA's still incredibly restrictive policies on blood donations from men who have sex with men. Ah. I believe since then it's gone down a little bit to where like, oh, you have to be abstinent for only three months now instead of 
uh, forever and then it was lowered to a year, mm-hmm. it's still ridiculous and should be abolished regardless. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I thought that's really cool. I mean, they couldn't take the blood. Like, the Red Cross wouldn't take the blood because it didn't meet FDA guidelines for blood donation. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's cool that they called attention to it. It felt very Saw 6. I love that. Woke Saw. Woke Saw. Saw's always been like the tiniest bit woke. Oh, for sure. Oh, here's a question. Nicole, you said that this movie is the first time that John uses flat screens to show the videos. Why does he have modern day flat screens in 2004? Oh. When this trap takes place, or 2007 even. That's a very good question. Well, were there flat screens in 2007? Not that flat. They were very flat. Little blooper. Oh, I wonder if that's under like bloopers and stuff. Hmm. At around 32 minutes, the TV in one of the 2003 Tuck's Pig Farm games is a 2010 flat screen TV, which was Mm -hmm. not available in the early 2000s when the farm segment is set. You girl knew it. (laughs) Nicole, how do you feel that Dr. Nelson lives up to the legacy of John as Jigsaw? Does a better job than Mark, that's for sure. I'm gonna say it. Dr. Nelson, even though I don't really believe that he was there the whole time, is the best Jigsaw apprentice. (laughs) Yep. Because Dr. Gordon isn't really an apprentice. No, he's a freelancer. Which I don't know why John felt the need to even get Dr. Gordon in there when he has another doctor. Anyway, I think that Dr. Nelson kind of gets it in a way that Mark and Amanda don't and that Dr. Gordon doesn't seem to care to. Yeah. So he's our best protege so far. Best student. Who deserved to be here the most, Nicole? For sure, fucking Halloran. (laughs) Yeah, Halloran. If not Halloran, then like... I'm gonna say Anna. (sighs) Yeah, it's hard not to say Anna. I mean, the other... Ryan, they never exactly say what he did, but he rattles off like a a million horrible things that he's done that are all just like, wow, you're a shitty person, dude. Yeah, because like the only instance we see in the movie is him and his friends like riding around in a convertible and him being really drunk and they turn around to be like, sit down! And he ends up falling out of the car. And because his friends who were driving were like looking back at him, he ended up crashing. And it's like, all right, like, yes, that's very shitty of him. But like, is that really his fault? Exactly. They were driving drunk. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna say Anna if I'm not saying Halloran. Yeah. She clearly wasn't in a mentally well place postpartum. Mm -hmm. But it's not just that she killed her baby. It's that she framed her husband for killing her baby. And it literally drove him to kill himself. Yep. So two lives there. Two lives. Who deserved to be here the least? I'm going to say Dr. Nelson. Yep, Dr. Nelson. And even John admits that. Yeah. If I'm not saying Dr. Nelson, I'm going to say Carly, the purse snatcher. Yeah, I agree. What she did was shitty, but like... I don't know, does the woman need to have hydrofluoric acid injected in her for it? Yeah, that's rough. But also, like, you, when we see her her flashback of her stealing that purse, she does find the inhaler and goes to go back, but the woman's already, like, lying down. So I feel like she assumes that she's dead and runs away. Yeah. She could have called for help, but I also feel like she truly thought that she was dead and couldn't do anything. Yeah, she's running on adrenaline, too. Yeah. You know, not to say that she's not at fault here, but, you know. No, it's it's still not a good thing for her to have done. Yeah. But, I don't know, she was in a desperate place and made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I just think, I mean, the others were so much more deliberate and, like, intentionally malicious. Exactly. Hers was an accident. It just so happened that this poor woman was asthmatic and 
you know, chased after her for three dollars and fifty. You know, because this chick, this, this woman, <laughs> yeah, also died for three fifty three. Yeah, it seems like she she also values her life at three dollars and fifty three cents. <laughs> Not to victim blame here, but <laughs> maybe she was maybe she was running after her. Like, wait, wait, you can take the money. I just need the inhaler. Oh God! <laughs> it's like, why did you run in the first place? You just let her go. God. How useless were the police? I mean, pretty useless. Pretty useless. Not the most useless. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. They have been way more useless, way less useful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, In other movies. But in this one, at least, they were set up to believe certain things. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We forgot to say in the twist that it was actually (laughs) Dr. Nelson who shot Edgar in the chest on the roof. He had a sniper from another roof. (laughs) <laughs> and shot him at the same time that the cops were shooting his hand. Wild. And when he pulled out the bullet from him, he swapped it with a different bullet from Halloran's gun. So, like, the police were useful in the sense that they were following clues like they should have done, but they were set up to believe the wrong thing, so kind of useless. Yeah, not the worst, not best. Yeah. So what's her death count up to? It can't be that high. It, it wasn't that high in this movie. Okay, so R.I.P. Malcolm Buckethead. R.I.P. Carly. R.I.P. Edgar. R.I.P. Mitch. R.I.P. Anna. And R.I.P. Halloran. And Ryan. Did you say Ryan? Which one was Ryan? The guy with the foot. Did he die? He did die. He was one of the two bodies. And you gotta add two more people... Because the two other non-buckethead bodies that they found were the other people from the copycat game Dr. Nelson made. Those aren't like the original bodies because those would be 10 years old. Oh, yeah. These are fresh bodies that he made just for this. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine kills this movie. That's a lot more than I thought. Yeah. I thought it was like six. But I guess the last two kind of crank it up a little bit and... I don't know. I mean, it's the average. It's like eight people or whatever a movie. Yeah, so that brings us up to 78 in eight movies. Jesus Christ. That's almost 10 people per movie. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, because, yeah, the fucking last movie was an outlier. It was two movies worth of deaths. Jesus Christ, Mark. (laughs) So what were the predictions that we had? So you predicted that we would go back in time. We did not. Mark not coming back. Correct. The new protagonist will have ties to Jigsaw. I I think you initially said, I don't know if you said anything like biological. Maybe we were kind of shooting that one back and forth. I think initially I said like he would either be family or something. I said maybe another apprentice. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. You said Jigsaw's going to look generic, not going to look like a regular movie, orangey, brown tinted. That first scene, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. It still didn't really look like Saw. Yeah. I also thought that Mark would not come back. Jigsaw shit will be mainstream or whatever. I'm reading exactly what I wrote. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Jigsaw shit will be mainstream or whatever. Yeah. Oh, oh, you meant in-universe that... Oh, yeah. In-universe that it was going to be like a whole big thing. People were going to be like, oh, Jigsaw, it's so cool. I mean, yeah, kind of. We had JigsawRules.com, so yeah. Big fan carries on Jigsaw legacy. Not quite. But you did kind of get like a red herring in there. Yeah. Blood will look better. It did because it was pink in the last movie. And the armless lady will come back. (laughs) I only guessed that because she came back like twice already. (laughs) Uh, But that did not happen. Uh, Simone, I hope you're doing well. (laughs) 
Okay, so next we have Spiral. I don't know if I can make any predictions for this just because, like, this isn't a Saw movie, you know? Yeah, Spiral from the Book of Saw, starring fucking Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson. What the fuck is this movie? I don't know, because like Chris Rock, I always assume, oh my god, maybe it's a comedy. It's a buddy comedy, like a buddy cop film. (laughs) I'd be kind of into that. Saul playing the comedy. (laughs) (laughs) I know for a fact Tobin Bell is not in this movie. Oh. I think that we're not dealing with an actual jigsaw killer, and I don't think we're dealing with Dr. Nelson. I think we are dealing with a copycat fan. Yeah, I think a lot of the predictions I made for this movie are going to apply to this next one yeah so with like jigsaw shit being mainstream and people being fans of his and then with a big fan trying to carry on the legacy yeah i think that it's cool that this movie serves two black men as the main characters yeah right it's not really a prediction i just i just think that's cool <laughs> i predict that there will be two black men reading this film <laughs> The last time I w- when I was trying to make predictions, I thought about how impossible it is to make predictions for the Saw movies because they so often just like pull shit out of their ass. I don't think that if you sat me down after watching Saw 1, I could predict what a single one of these movies would be about. Yeah. I don't know if we can actually like make predictions for Spiral. Yeah. Except for like, we think that like the fan thing will be a thing and then... I'm going to say that... Neither Chris Rock nor Samuel Jackson will survive this movie. Oh, no. (laughs) Because neither of them will want to come back for another one. Though, we found that most of the time, people actually do want to come back for Saw. I mean, Donnie Wahlberg, like, tried to move heaven and earth to come back for Wine the Saws. Bless his heart. Yeah. Danny Glover was even like, yeah, I'll come back and be tap. But then a scheduling conflict happened. Unless scheduling conflict in all these trivias is code for their agent said, oh, they're busy. They can't come to the (laughs) phone right now. Okay, actually, I am going to throw out like another prediction in the same vein as like the ones that we've made already. Mm -hmm. And that this is not going to be taking place in city, USA, Mm -hmm. Gotham, New Jersey, Toronto. Okay. I think it's going to be in a different major city. And it's just going to be like, oh, the the jigsaw disease is spreading. More Mm -hmm. people are trying to do this shit. Which is why it's like in the book of Saw, but like not a Saw movie itself. That makes sense. Yeah. Also, I really like the subtitle from the book of Saw, like making it feel very biblical. Yeah, right. I mean, the cover that I'm looking at also has like a very like biblical vibe to it like a renaissance painting with like the mm-hmm. the like sun behind the head the halo yeah the halo sort of thing it's interesting we shall see you yeah what are your final thoughts on jigsaw nicole final thoughts i enjoyed the movie i thought this was a fun return to saw after 10 years what did this movie get on like rotten tomatoes like 38 or something which is pretty good for a saw sequel <laughs> yeah especially after the it got what like 30 more points in the last movie (laughs) basically yeah apparently audiences polled by cinema score gave the film an average grade of b on an a plus to f scale while post track reported that women under 25 21 percent of the film's audience and older males 30 percent gave it a 76 and 70 overall positive score respectively so the the young women and the old men are are pogged up about jigsaw (laughs) The, the young women and their sugar daddies. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought this movie was pretty good. I didn't dislike watching it. I thought some of the logic was weird. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there are plenty of Saw movies that I've liked where the twist, I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Saw 4. 
in particular. Oh, yeah. What I will say is that this movie does get me excited for the next one. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking as like somebody who had to wait 10 years for this, like, oh, I would be hyped up to see the next one. And it makes me even more curious as to what Saw 10 could be about because that is a Saw movie. It is. It's very distinctly a sequel. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. That's going to be it. Join us next time for Spiral from the Book of Saw, starring Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson for some reason. (laughs) In the meantime, Nicole, where can people find you outside of this basement? Outside of this basement, y'all can find me at Sexy Pagliacci on Twitter. That's S-E-X-Y-P-A-G-L-I-A-C-C-I, the sad clown. And where can the people find you? You can find me at Punk Dyke on Twitter, P-U-N-K-D-Y-K-E. I can't believe nobody had that at. And I promise that nobody secretly had the at the whole time and uh, was assisting posting tweets for me. But you just thought that I was working on my own. That's not what happened, actually. All right. Unless I decide in three years to retcon that. Okay, it's like there's been a ghostwriter this whole time. <laughs> and you can find the show at We See Saw, same at as the title of the show, coincidentally. And you can email us at playingontheseesaw at gmail.com. Email us and tell us if you believe Dr. Nelson was there the whole time. Ah. Oh. Okay, well, until next time, game over. You see, looking up from the ground, blood-red clouds boiling across the sky. You did ask me to bring the thunder. (laughs) Agent! Agent! Help! I've got the chalice, please! Well, if they're following you, then I guess that takes care of a loose end for me. (laughs) All of you feel the earth beneath you shake and crack and break. I feel that I have failed both of you. And I am sorry for that. This has nothing to do with you being a bad leader. Do you want a countdown? Oh, I think I want a countdown. I want to help. I always had good intentions. I do not deserve to die. Now. The Lucky Die Podcast is a weekly 5e Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. Join our adventure every Monday wherever you download podcasts by searching for The Lucky Die.